You're listening to the Carry On Friends Podcast, Episode 66. Welcome to the Carry On Friends Podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community. With your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. I'm so excited that you're listening. Today's guest is serial entrepreneur Rohan Jilks, and he's also the founder of Inclusive, formerly Nor BNB. And he started that platform because of an experience he had with Airbnb. But um, Rohan goes into a lot of great information, a lot of great tips on trends for entrepreneurs, and it was really a fun episode to record. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here's my interview with Rohan Jilks. Hello, Rohan. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. And I'm very excited to be here as well. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm excited, too. So tell the community of friends who you are, your background, and all that good stuff. Sure. So my name is Rohan Jiltz. I was born in Barbados, and I you know, went to school at Harrison's College in Barbados, if your listeners are familiar with that. And I moved to the United States for college and um, ended up working in accounting for about 10 years after college. And then, um, you know, after about my fifth year of being an accountant, I realized that I wanted to do something else with my life. And I started spending as much time as possible learning all I could about building companies online. And I started building companies. I started um, um, working on becoming an entrepreneur, using internet marketing and so on. And since then, I've built about seven different different companies and that's what i do for a living right now wow first of all big up to the first bayesian that's been on the show <laughs> and thank you congr- seven different companies like tell me tell me about like are, are these seven different companies all up and running or how many are actually you know up and running um yeah so all seven all seven of them are up and running i what i do is I build a company, you know, try to get it to revenue, consistent revenue, and um, and then have that company hire a management team to run it. And then I, you know, I, I draw my paycheck or I draw some distribution and then I move on to the next company. So they're also up and running. They're also 100% owned by me, um, but I, I hire a team to manage them and then I'm able to move on to work on more exciting projects. I'm no, I'm extremely, extremely excited and interested in, you know, hearing about this journey. And so Mm -hmm. tell me, what does it take from from your experience in launching seven different companies? What does it take to launch and run multiple businesses? What what is what what has your experience been like? And what do you think most of us from the Caribbean or, or immigrants are doing right or wrong in that regard? So I think that's an excellent question because that question for me, it reminds me of a question like, what would it take to be a successful marathon runner? Mm-hmm. And that requires you to work all the way back to the beginning when you had an interest in running and you bought a pair of shoes and you started figuring out how to run for three miles. And then you're like, okay, you know, this is possible. This is doable. 
then you'll build up yourself to five miles and 10 miles. And the next thing you know, you can actually get into a race and get better and better and better. So that is the process that I'm at, that I'm doing it consistently. But the, the direct answer to your question is it takes people starting. So you have to start. So you can't look at the person that is, you know, is now like, you know, running marathons like every week and be like, man, this seems so impossible because it just started with me starting in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, so my first company, uh, it really was, you know, I was talking to the lady that cleaned my home at the time and she wanted me to build her a website. And I had been like kind of figuring out how to build websites and so on. And so I was like, well, I could build you a website, but it would just sit there because unless you understand internet marketing and so on, mm-hmm. you're not going to get clients from it. So what what about me building the website and keeping it and I'll work on the marketing and the customer acquisition and the branding and design and copywriting and so on. And I'll try to get clients and you go out and do the work. So she was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, perfect. Let's let's try it. And, you know, I built that company. She she would do all the work and it was just me and her for the longest, but we grew it and grew it and grew it. And now that company does like $2.5 million per year. Wow. Yeah. And that's just how it started. So for me is like, what I would tell people is don't like overthink everything, but just get started, start figuring out how to um, sell something online, put it out there and then learn all you can about the process of getting clients and getting customers. And then, you know, I've then grown that into other businesses over and over again. I made money there, put it into another company, made money there, put it into another company. And then, you know, I kind of have like a little, um, you know, mini empire, I guess, of multiple companies. And and that's what I do. Wow. You said something there, which we've heard it all the time, the art of the start. We get so crippled by seeing you know, Rohan making 2.5 million. You're like, oh my God, you're looking at Mount Everest, but to climb it, it's literally one step at a time. You have to start taking that first step towards, you know, Mm -hmm. the summit. And um, we get choked up because we're looking at your end goal and and, or where you are and Mm -hmm. just being overwhelmed with what we have to do. But you're saying that we just need to start because the the sooner we start, the sooner we'll get to that goal um, and not to overthink it. Why not overthinking it? What have what has been your experience when it comes to that, you know, people overthinking entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. In what way do we overthink? Yeah. So, I mean, fantastic question. So here, here are the ways that people typically overthink. And I'm, I'm going to include myself in this myself five years ago. I would have said, I want to start a business. Then I would have spent the next six months working on a business plan, um, doing all this research, kind of thinking of all these what if scenarios. So what if I start a business that that I go to a person's home and I get sued or we break something or people steal our clients and I would what if and what if and create all of these scenarios in my brain before I even started the first job, right? It's kind of like thinking like, you know, like I want to drive from like um, Bridgetown Barbados to St. Lucie. Mm-hmm. And and like, for, like right now, I'm the person that I would just get in the car and start driving. Wow. The overthinking people are like, you know, well, what, what it's like, there's all these different scenarios that you can create that all they do is they slow down the process of starting. Mm-hmm. What I've realized is all of that learning that people try to do in the beginning 
they're better off learning on the go. Because what you think you're learning in the beginning is very often going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You're going to create things that turn out to not be issues. Mm-hmm. And really and truly, you learn more from action than from anything else. From theory. You learn more from from like building something than sitting in class or taking a webinar or, you know, taking a course. So like my process of learning has been I would read an article and then I would go do it. I would go like execute on whatever the thing said. Okay, this is how you get followers on Twitter. I would start build a Twitter account, try to get followers based on what the article said. And I'm like, huh, you know what? This works. Or you know what? This does not work. So let me find another solution. So everything I do right now is action. I want to start something. I I find somebody else is doing it that is doing it very similarly. And I say, okay, all I need to do is do what they're doing. And I start it. Maybe we can get going in like 30 days. Um, and then my goal is to get the first paying customer in 60 days. Mm. If I get to day 61 and I can't find some person to pay me, I move on to the next thing. Mm. And that way I just keep things as, as simple as possible and really focus on taking action. I think that's the key. That's something personally that I've been dealing with. Um, have all these different things going on and I really just need to execute on them. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, just do it. Just really get it done because mm-hmm. what, what what you find is that you're, you're here and you're like, well, maybe I should wait a little bit, see how this goes. And like you said, I won't know anything on, on, until I'm actually doing it. So that's one yes. of the things that I've been doing. I've just been executing. Spe- mm-hmm. And before the start of the show, I said, well, I'm not on social media a lot. And that's because I had to find out the things that I used as tools to procrastinate and just yes. execute. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think what, what you just said right there has been completely my experience just to execute. So mm-hmm. how, and, and basically you said you've hired companies to do this. How do you still manage or oversee as a CEO, all these different companies and effectively manage your time? Yeah. So, so that you, like, I would say that for people starting out, I would recommend them to just, you know, focus on one company for like a year or two and really build it up. But as you get better, you, you get better. As, as you do these things for um, a good length of time, you're able to build systems and processes in place that really simplifies the management of companies. So really and truly, what I do now is just I manage people. I find like the, the best person to manage a company, and then all I need to do is manage that person. Mm. So it's really like, you know, instead of me thinking about, you know, having seven companies to, work, to, to worry about, I really have just seven people to make sure that I engage with and that I keep motivated and that I'm able to keep accountable and we're able to look at the data in a very um, objective way. So that really kind of simplifies the thing where I'm just interacting with seven people um, that are the best people I can find at managing and growing a business. That makes complete sense. Because yeah. if you hire people who and 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 then that's that's putting the 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 trust into those seven people to really own mm-hmm. that um that responsibility and for for you to empower them to do the work and you know I don't like micromanaging so you know how you've described it is just that you are you're very involved but you allow them to take ownership of the different companies that they're responsible for their their duties for you know for the companies that they're mm-hmm. responsible for. Yeah. So 
you share a lot of information online and you've been you've you've started you've been documenting or you you shared a lot what was the reason for you to start doing that um well the first reason for me to start doing it was this is probably the first time i've said this on any um on any podcast or anything like that um i was just bored it was a sunday i can remember very, very this is a very very distinct memory it was a sunday and i was at home i was living in in the dc metro area and I was going through a hard time. Like, I had a lot of issues with my personal life. I had been laid off from my job and things were very difficult. But I had been, I had started to build that first company and I had gotten to the point where I was doing like um, $4,000 a month or something. Like at that time, that meant a lot to me. I mean, I mean that's, that, that means a lot that, to be able to, to, to do that so quickly. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go on Reddit. And I'll share exactly how I, how I did it because I know there are tons of other people in the same position that I'm in right now. It was around the time, like 2009, where so many, uh, probably 2010, where so many people were were laid off from their jobs um, with the housing market and so on. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm just going to post it and maybe like five, five people read it or something. And that thing ended up taking off and leading to me getting opportunities to do podcasts and being on um entrepreneur.com and being in all these magazines it, it, just, it just took on a life of its own right and i was like you know there is merit in in first sharing things um of course because you're able to build um a group of people that are really interested in what you're doing and people will support you and help you mm-hmm. just by by your by, by you being transparent but it also becomes marketing as well yeah. because yeah. there's press that will be interested in your story um, and then the next thing you know, like you have all these articles out there and magazines and podcasts and, and so on. So after that experience, I just felt like, you know what, I'm just, as I build companies, I'm just going to share as much as I can and try to help as many people along. And also, you know, there's, there's benefits to doing that as well, because that help comes back. Hmm. You are absolutely yeah. right. There is, um, the vulnerability in, in, in the experience, because I have said it before on the show where, you know, I'm very mindful of not letting people think that, you know, it was an easy road to where, you know, someone is. And, 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 and that's what you're, sh- you're essentially saying. Um, mm-hmm. We get caught up, just like you said before, you see the marathon runner, we get caught up in their end result and not realize the process that they had to go through to get to that mm-hmm. end result and being, um, transparent and vulnerable enough to be transparent about the the in-between is really what a lot of people don't get to see as often and yeah. and and mm-hmm. and understand that you know what there's going to be some struggles but in that struggle is are, are a lot of lessons that you need to get to the point of being that marathon runner so that mm-hmm. is so true so i'm 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 still i'm still at the seven companies and the the 2.5 million um, what has been the most challenging of the seven companies for you to build, and how did you get over those cha- that those cha- those challenges? Um, yeah, so dope question. The most challenging company so far has been uh, WetShaveClub.com. Mm-hmm. So WetShaveClub.com is a subscription box company that sends out like shaving products, like old school shaving with like the the brush and the soap and the like the the metal razor. And so that company um, was my first foray into product. And it will also be my last foray into product <laughs> because 
Um, and it's still doing well, and we did well, and, and, and we made money there, and we continue to make money there. But I've realized that I just do not enjoy product. Um, shipping and logistics and warehousing and packaging and storage and, and worrying about inventory and all of this, that entire process, the entire logistics of having a product company is not something that I enjoy. Um, so I learned a lot, um, but it's just not something that I would I would do again. We yeah. um we just wrapped up a series on developing, cultivating, and launching your idea. And you know, um, Jesse broke down all the different things um that goes into you know having a company. So you have distribute the channels and all of that good stuff. And you pretty much summed it up. It's it's not as easy as oh, I'm gonna build a t-shirt and put it up there to sell. There's all this stuff that goes on in the background that <laughs> you need to have. The, the energy to deal with, you have to deal with shipping, where do returns go, customer service, and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. So that is very interesting. So from, an, from a trend perspective, um, in terms of entrepreneurship, um, do you feel like there's, because um, some, some of the things that I feel like people say, well, how much more t-shirt companies do we need to start? Or how many more <laughs> service companies do we need to start? Um, so there's a sense that there's a saturation of all these different services and products in the marketplace. What is your take on that? So, so here, here's, here's my general take. Like we have no monopolies anymore. Mm. Um, there's only like maybe like a handful of industries where they're, they're real monopolies, like, like diamonds and, and cable TV in the United States and so on. But for the most part, every single industry that you can think of is populated by multiple providers of this almost the exact same service or product and they're and and many of them are doing well so i i feel like as a practical matter the ideas around saturation and so on is not it's not really real i do feel though that there's like i get the feeling of like man like it it feels like like kind of annoying seeing like all these same companies coming up Mm -hmm. but for the most part you know i i just respect the hustle and I'm like, you know, this is just somebody else that, you know, is trying to get on board and trying to get going. And for every one of those people, there's like 100 people that sit on the sidelines and don't ever start anything. Mm. So <laughs> so I'm like really, really slow to give anybody a hard time. I'm like, yo, if you're going to give it a shot, like respect, because it's really, really tough to do what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, though, that, you know, there, there's certain things... That, there's certain trends that are happening right now where there's a lot of opportunities to move from t-shirts and to move from coaching and to move from those type of services and do things where pe- there's a lot of money to be made. For example, experiences right now is like super hot. Yeah. And yeah. So if you're some person you're living in Barbados, you're living or you're living in Jamaica, you're living in like one of the most beautiful places on earth. And so many people all around the world will love to come there and and experience some of the things that you know like the back of your hand but they have no idea about so like for me i would be like okay how can i build a website that's going to showcase barbados or jamaica or suriname or wherever i am Mm -hmm. and how can i sell these experiences to people so you come to barbados i'm going to show you around for one week i'm going to take you to all the cool spots that 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 the other tourists don't know about i'm going to take you to like this this cave not harson's cave but another cave where you have to like hike yourself to get there. 
all these cool things that that we may take for granted living in the Caribbean, other people would love to experience. And and people are making a lot of money right now in experiences. And I would really look at that strongly if I were thinking about starting the business um, versus like T-shirts and stuff like that. Let me tell you, 2014, I was having a conversation with my good friend, Michaela. Everything you said, right? I was like, because what happens when I go to gym, go back home to visit, everyone wants to come with me because I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, when I go back home, I'm Jamaican, or, you know, but I behave like I'm a tourist. I plan out my whole trip. I know where I'm mm-hmm. going, where I'm not going. And so up to the other day, my brother and my sister-in-law was like, yeah, we need to go back and have a big trip. You plan it. And I'm like, why do I have to plan it? They're like, come on. Um, mm. And I had this whole idea of, you know, how to make the trip engaging. But I was just like, man, this is a lot of work. So now mm-hmm. I wish I had this conversation with you in 2014. But I mean, it's not too late, but you're absolutely right. You know, we're looking for a different type of experience when we go away and not the cookie cutter thing that everyone does mm-hmm. all the time, which is mm-hmm. why you know, it's not a shameless plug for them. The welcome to Jamrock cruise did so well the first couple of mm. years because it took the traditional Jamaican outdoor concert and put it on a cruise ship. And mm. that was like the whole experience. And now since then they've been doing it for maybe two years now or three years. And since then another cruise has opened up, but they've had a different genre of the, the the music so you have a little bit more singer you know so it, it's it's really really interesting but yeah i I'm, I'm definitely seeing that as a really hot trend so maybe you're gonna start a cruise as some calypso and i think they had a soca one the other day i'm not sure don't quote me on that i saw it somewhere too mm-hmm. but they're having these experience so yeah. um any other trends you notice outside of the outside of experiences um, so, um, I'm, I'm glad you told me about the welcome to Jamrock thing. Cause I'm going to have to look that up. After yeah, that done. one is huge. Um, I'm, <laughs> and, and I'll, I, um, my friend Michaela went, she did a whole video on it. Um, a blogger. And so you'll see it like it was, it's ridiculous. Um, I was supposed mm-hmm. to go this year, but, um, due to other circumstances, I'm not going to be able to go, but it's like this whole thing, the Marley, ex- the, the Marley brand alone. Cause mm-hmm. they're, 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 um, it's Damien Marley and, and then all the other things around it. And they leave from Miami and they go to, you know, um, different ports in Jamaica and then they go back to Miami and it's like this, this whole big thing. So I'll send you the link so you could see, um, that stuff, but yeah, it's huge. Mm, awesome. Yeah, definitely send that to me. So there is another trend uh, that we, we have benefited, we have benefited from in building our businesses. And so really what's happening right now is it's kind of like this local inter- intermediation. Like that, that's kind of the word for it, where you take a very simple service and you apply a very convenient way for people to get that service. So, for example, you have like taxis, like, um, but, but Uber comes along and says, OK, I can, I can get you a car coming to your house in eight minutes every single time. And so what we did with um, the cleaning service um, is a very simple service. People come, come to your house, they clean, they leave. Very simple. It's not a very sophisticated process. But we're then able to say, you can download our mobile app. You can come and pay online with your credit card. You, you can wake up at 3 a.m. and book it without having some person come to your house to give you a quote or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we took like this really fragmented industry 
and kind of made it like or as simple as ordering something on Amazon. And that was the, the, the thing that is that has been successful for us. And you see a lot of other companies doing very much the same thing across home cleaning, painting, you know, um, lawn care, pool cleaning. This entire local service business is being um, improved upon with um, technology. And, and you're really able to dominate very, very quickly because your competition is still doing things in the old school way. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think that's the, the, the common thread. It's like, you know, technology is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. And you have to leverage technology to to kind of improve um, what we would traditionally do. So, you know, the, mm-hmm. the service is like there's no more yellow pages. So how do you create that bridge between all these, you know, like you said, fragmented services? So that's cool. Definitely mm-hmm. look into that. So, mm-hmm. um You've just you've just shared a lot with us here in terms of being an entrepreneur and what it takes. And the most important takeaway is just to start. Don't yeah. sit and just plan. You have to start. Um, not saying that you shouldn't plan because you did say that you know you'd take thirty days to plan something. Um, mm-hmm. in 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 what you're saying about the planning is put a time limit on it. Don't take two years. Take you know. 30 days to plan, 60 days you launch and just move forward from that. I think that was was very helpful. Um, mm. You also said that we, we kind of have to think of things backwards. So if you want to get to a particular point, then you have to start mo- looking backwards in terms of what are the things I need to get done to get to this point also. And, and I mm. think that's helpful in the planning process um, because – I don't do business plans. I feel like we, and, and, and there are some people who did definitely are traditionally want to do it, but I remember reading Rework and he was like, a business plan is guessing and you're going to mm-hmm. guess and guess and guess versus, you know mm-hmm. what? I, I want to, like you said, work backwards. I want to go to the Statue of Liberty. So I'm here and that's point, you know, B, what are the steps in between these points? And then you plan accordingly, like just very mm-hmm. simple. Um, yes. You, you also said focus on building one business at a time, one to two years. <laughs> Sometimes the next bright and shiny thing comes across our way and we're like, oh, I should probably do this. But it's good mm-hmm. to focus on one company at a time. And then mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're saying that saturation isn't real. I think that's like something I need to really absorb because mm-hmm. um, there are so many different or smaller players in most industries, with the exception of a few. Um, but there's and, and then when you think of it, you think of the target audience, right? You, you know, mm-hmm. not everyone might like Rohan, but they might like Carrie Ann. So mm-hmm. they might go to us just because different people like us for different reasons. Yeah. And when it comes to experiences and um, intermediation, those are trends that people could look to for inspiration. Um, because mm-hmm. even if you're thinking of getting into entrepreneurship, you know, and you do do it, there are still hundreds more sitting on the sidelines that have never done it. So if you want to do yeah. it, just do it. Man, mm-hmm. I just recapped the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, for real. All right. So I have one. I, I think I have one question. Like, so as yeah. um, as immigrants and people from the Caribbean, do you think there's anything that we have as a particular advantage when it comes to entrepreneurship or innovation? 
I think so, right? But if it would be anything, it would be this. And, and but there's there's just there's a disconnect, mm-hmm. and I'll explain it. So like on one side of the Caribbean, you have people that they have spent their entire life hustling. Mm-hmm. They wake up, they sell bananas, they sell ackees, they sell newspapers, they 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 buy all types of randomness t-shirts from and resell them. Like mm-hmm. like we have this culture of like let's sell something. Like especially if you're living in certain places in the Caribbean, yeah. like you have to sell something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be a hustler. Yeah. So so there's that piece. But then there's this chasm where you have another group of people that they are better off. Mm-hmm. So they have gone to good high schools. They may have gone to the University of the West Indies or something, and they have all this education. And what I what I think happens, and not just in the Caribbean, but in general, is that a lot of formal education, it kind of like it removes your hustle. It kind of makes you think of things in like, okay, well, here is the 15-step process I need to take while I'm analyzing a company with this this particular framework and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, it's a year later and you still haven't started a single thing. So so that's like the two groups of people I see in the Caribbean. And I just wish like the hustling group had the access and the knowledge of the the better educated and more well-off group and that, and that they were able to apply some of that access to the hustles that they're doing and, and be able to build something. I feel that if you can find a way to find people that get access and get access to the internet and have all these opportunities, but still don't lose that hustle, we can do really, really well. It's, somebody has to come up with a way to fix that chasm in the middle. I've, I've been able to, to, to become some person that learned a lot and and was not and did not allow the college kind of crap if i can say that to mm-hmm. to stop me from like still chasing my things as aggressively as I would have been chasing them if i were in barrio selling lettuce or something which which is something that i did when i was growing up so that's kind of like my take on the caribbean no you you're absolutely right um it's it's one of those things where i've talked about myself i didn't finish my undergrad and but mm-hmm. you know i'm i consider myself a very learned person because i continue to take courses and classes and all this other stuff i think mm-hmm. what happens in the caribbean is that we and and immigrants and we we place such a heavy emphasis on education and traditional roles that mm-hmm. you know if oh if i want to if I want to get a promotion, I'm gonna go back to school. If I want to yeah. do this, I gotta go back to school. And yes. there are very few professions that require you to go back to school. So unless you're in finance, um, mm-hmm. where you need and and you're a medical in the, the medical care, or you're doing kind of anything regarding biology and all of that. For most other things, it's just like you said before. You you read an article, you put it into action. It's executing, and I think. A lot of people, and I've spoken to people who are like, oh, I'm going to go back to get my master's. I'm like, why do you need a master's for that? Not that I'm not knocking it, but you're going to take on additional debt to get mm-hmm. a job that might only give you a fraction of the raise of the debt you just took on, as opposed yeah. to figuring out a different way to get to your career goals in a mm-hmm. different way. And like, so, so, so the point is, we've just been conditioned to get education because once we get the education, then, you know, we're set. And so that yeah. hustle kind of comes out because all we know is the education is our safety net. So we think the more of it we we collect, it will help us get to that point. But it's that hustle. 
to like you, my grandmother <laughs> sold ice because our next door neighbor didn't have electricity. So you sell ice. Mm-hmm. You yep. sell, you know, baked goods. You know, you see, you, you know, when people talk about the Kool-Aid, you put it in the little bag and you put it in the fridge, it freezes, you sell that, you know? So it's literally figuring out where there's a need big or small and addressing those needs right away and very mm-hmm. quickly. So yeah. to that point, I get it. And, and so the new innovation is really finding the hustler and the person who has the quote unquote formal education and kind of partnering, you know, collaborating for a lack of mm. a better word to kind of push the agenda forward because there's so many mm-hmm. ripe opportunities. And, you know, we see that outside companies come in and take advantage of the opportunities that people right there could do. It's just that they're not talking to each other, or partnering with each other to kind of advance right. it. So, yeah, I think that's a mm-hmm. on point point, if I can say that. So, um, Thank you. if, um, so any last words for the community of friends on what it takes to launch, run a multiple business, run multiple business, or just being an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I would say like, if, if I were to start tomorrow, if I were starting starting over tomorrow with everything that I know right now, this is what I would do. I would say, let me find a business that I can start right now with between 500 to a thousand dollars. It's not going to be much more than that. And it's going to be something that I already spend money on. So it's something that's very, very simple. It's not something that is very um, complex to, to explain to anybody. I can probably check my bank account and see what I've spent money on multiple times over the last year. And there's a business there to start. Mm. Then I will look and make sure it's a business that multiple other people are doing. Because what that does is it, it makes it sure to me that other people are making money doing this thing. So it is not, it, so it's not something magical. I don't have to worry about some fancy idea that I don't know if it's going to work or not because I can see that it's working for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if it's working for all these people, why can it not work for me? Mm-hmm. Right? So when I find that simple thing, I get to work. So like by like, so t- t- today is Saturday by Monday, I will be looking at, okay, can I create like a quick brochure or something for $10 and post it on Craigslist or post it on Facebook or something to tell people, hey, this is what I do right now. This is who I am. Two days from now, this is who I am. Not like six months from now, two days, this is who I am. Here's my flyer. Here's the service I offer. Here's the product I offer, even if I don't have the product yet. Here, here it is. Reach out to me and, um, and, you know, and I can give you some details. And as I start that process, you know, get a little simple website up for a couple hundred dollars. And then I go and I tell the entire world, I go on social media, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I start following people, start communicating and finding ways to get the word out to as many people that would possibly listen. And if you do that over like a consistent 30 to 60 days, you're going to get some person buying from you, no matter what it is. Because we've already realized that it's something that other people want because we've made sure that other companies are doing the same thing. Right. Um, and that that whole process is really 30 to 60 days. And it stops you from cre- from coming up with, oh, I need to come up with some fancy idea that I can't tell anybody. Um, no, there's there's no real new thing. There's nothing mm-hmm. real new under the sun anymore. You know what I'm saying? You just have to find something, put it out there. Maybe instead of making it blue, you make it red, but whatever. And you sell it. Yeah. So that what I would do starting tomorrow, if it were me. It's very, very doable. Listen, I'm going to take that idea. I'm going to go log into my bank account right now. 
And actually, I'm logging to my Mint account and see where much I'm spending and see where that's that is so simple. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm gonna try it out myself. Awesome. Man, thank you so much for being on the show and just lending, you. you know, the sharing what you, your journey has been like and the information. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely um, put in the show notes more information about where to find you and you okay. know um, your your different companies. And um, I wish you continued success. And um, as I love to say at the end of the show, everybody walk good. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S.com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.